Well, guys, Happy New Year to you. We're still in the Christmas spirit. We have our trees behind us for just this week. But over the next several weeks, what we want to do is we want to talk about our reputation, my reputation, your reputation, our church's reputation, and ultimately Jesus's reputation. And we believe that reputation matters above everyone else's reputation. Now, if if you're a follower of Jesus, your personal reputation and, and our reputation as a church are connected whether you're, you're known for something favorable or unfavorable, good or bad, and I believe this would be the case, reputation is the belief or opinion that others have about you, about me, that impacts how they trust us and how much they engage with us as a church. Honestly, many of us are not volunteering to get a character colonoscopy. Many of us would rather look at how others need a change so they have a better reputation. And this is what gives followers of Jesus a bad reputation. Like, we're willing to criticize other people without allowing criticism come to us. Like, we'd rather be critical than allowing people to criticize us. And at this very important moment for all of us, it is for us to look at how others in our community see us because it changes how they see us as a church. So if you're yet to be a follower of Jesus, I believe this is something you can still get a lot out of because I think you would agree that... Your reputation matters, and even earning trust with people is important. And we hope as, a fo- as someone that's yet to be a follower of Jesus that we're taking this very seriously. Like, hopefully that's the thing that you're getting out of it, is that we're taking this very seriously. And it comes down to what Solomon said. And Solomon was the wisest man that had lived, and we have it recorded in our scriptures. And this is what he says. Choose a good reputation. And I'll notice, over great riches. He's like, look, there's nothing wrong with pursuing great riches, but the most important thing that you need to work on is pursuing a good reputation. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. And what he wants us to know, and he had, he had all the money in the world. He said, good reputation has a higher value than riches. The, the most valuable thing, he, he says, isn't what you own. It's the most valuable thing is who we are and what we are known for. And as a follower of Jesus, we find our identity in Jesus. And the calling we have on life is what he calls us to do. Those are the two most valuable things. So who are you and what are you doing? Those, those are the two most important questions in your life. Who are you and what are you doing? Like, let's think of reputation as a currency. Our reputation is a medium of exchange that holds value relationally and professionally. I, I think we would agree with this. A good reputation opens doors, a bad one closes them. I think we would agree that a good reputation creates opportunities, a bad one dismantles them. I think we would say that a good reputation increases your influence and a bad one decreases it. A good reputation builds trust with others and a bad one wrecks it. Like we get to decide, you and I, we get to decide how much that reputation currency is worth. And I know we all agree, we, we all believe this, that first impressions that other people have of us leave lasting impressions. Like, re- reputations precede you. Reputations precede me. A reputation introduces you before you have the chance to introduce yourself. A reputation explains you before you're able to explain you. Bad reputations speak louder and stick, stick longer than good reputations. 
Like it's easier to focus on the negative than the positive. I don't know if you've ever kind of ordered something off of Amazon and you're looking at the reviews. I have a tendency to look at the negative views more than the positive because I want to make sure that I'm not getting a piece of junk. I want to make sure that what I'm getting is going to be worth what I'm spending the money on. I want to make sure my return on investment is strong and good. And even though reputation, the word, is emotionally neutral, it feels negative, doesn't it? It feels negative. Because when we hear someone says, well, they have a reputation, we immediately think negative. And this is why as a follower of Jesus, as the church, it may seem like we're up against the impossible situation because we represent something and someone more than us, which is Jesus. When we represent something or someone bigger than us, whether our local church or Jesus, our reputation impact goes beyond us. Like, think about it. Like, an employee can ruin a company. An athlete can hurt the team. A server can ruin a restaurant. A follower of Jesus can ruin the reputation of a local church. Guys, it it could be completely unfair. It is unfair. Uh, Do you guys know the story of Edwin Booth? I want to read something that I, I thought was very interesting. Edwin Booth, his life was a tragic accident simply because of his last name. It's interesting to note that he carried a letter with him that could have vindicted him from the sibling attachment to John Wilkes Booth. It was a letter from General Adams Burdell, Chief Secretary to General Ulysses S. Grant, thanking him for a singular act of bravery. It seems that while he was waiting for a train on the platform of Jersey City, a coach he was about to board bolted forward. He turned in time to see that a young boy had slipped from the edge of the pressing crowd into the path of the oncoming train. Without thinking, Edwin raced to the edge of the platform and linking his leg around a railing, grabbed the boy by the collar. The grateful boy recognized him, but he didn't recognize the boy. It wasn't until after he received the letter of thanks that he learned that it was Robert Todd Lincoln. Yes, the son of his brother's future victim. An invisible asterisk now stood beside his name in the minds of people. He was no longer Edward Booth, the one who saved Robert Todd Lincoln. He was the brother of John Wilkes Booth who killed Abraham Lincoln. Fair or not, look, 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 fair or not, it's true. It's true for you, it's true for me. We have the capacity to ruin the reputation of the local church. As a follower of Jesus, we need to care what other people think. Because how they think about us, because of Jesus' reputation, it matters. Like, it matters. Like, I know we could be, I don't care what people think. Man, it's so important that we do. It matters what people think. Because Jesus' reputation matters most. Gallup, they served a group of Americans and they found the following. 64%, 64% of Americans do not have any confidence in any type of organized religion, including the local church. And they believe, and this is what they have said, the, the church is exclusive, judgmental, dishonest, manipulative, legalistic, dumb, and ignorant. And while we may not be part of the problem at Southridge, I want to make sure that we are part of the solution. 
So this is the interesting part where culture has a very negative view of the church. It was the opposite for Jesus. In the New Testament biographies of Jesus, his reputation was the best with those outside the church or outside the synagogues. Jesus's reputation was terrible with those inside the synagogues. And it was hard to find an outsider that had an issue with Jesus. And his mission was super clear, to seek and save the lost. It's opposite today, right? With all the negative opinions from outside the church. Like, have you ever found yourself a little nervous with admitting that you are a follower of Jesus, admitting that you belong to a certain church? And getting this right is so important, guys. Getting this right is so important because with the wrong reputation, it fails to represent the heart of Jesus. Like, it makes it difficult to invite others to, to join us on Jesus's mission to seek and save the lost. So the question on the table for all of us is how do we begin to repair the reputation of the local church? Guys, I'll be honest. The church has always been more than a building. The church is... (laughs) But the church is not a building because the building can't be exclusive, judgmental, dishonest, manipulative, legalistic, dumb, and ignorant. I mean, a building cannot be those things, but people can. People can. And changing the reputation of the local church starts with you, starts with me. And everyday people, guys, everyday people are making assumptions about Jesus, faith, and our church based on how we conduct ourselves, based on how we live, based on what we say. So let's go back to what something Solomon wrote. He said, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. He's helping us understand two things that are so important to building a good reputation. That's loyalty and kindness. And it really goes what Jesus said about a thousand years later. And Jesus said, I want you to love others as I have loved you. Love says you before me, and it also says you could count on me. That's loyalty and kindness. Like, what would it look like for you to value people more than you value yourself? What would it look like for you to consider people before you consider yourself? What would it look like for you to give more than you get? Guys, listen, as followers of Jesus, we ought to be the most dependable people on the world, in the world, on the planet. Like, we ought to be people that show up and people can count on us. You know the thing that stands in the way with dependability? It's our busyness. Like some of us, we say that we're busy. And and we may be very busy with some important things, but I'm sure there are some things on our plate when we say that we're busy, it just becomes an excuse because we just don't want to do something. Like I remember building the building. There are several people that I can count on, I could depend on, that if I call them up, hey, can you come and help me? We have some things we have to get done at the church. They were dependable. We could count on them. And then there are other people that are like, hey, when does that church get done? December? I'm busy until December. Oh, man. Out of luck. I'm busy. See, Jesus was never in a hurry. There is no no interruption too small, too big, or too inconvenient for him. What would would it take you to be available? And and guys, let's just start with something easy. Let's start at home. Let's start at home. We don't worry about, you know, the, the, the workplace or the community yet. Let's just start at the home. Like, are you too busy for your wife? Are you too busy for your husband? Are you too busy for your kids? Like, start with that circle of influence first and then work our way out. Like, what would it be 
Like we want to be a people in a church that no matter how busy we are, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter how heavy the burden or the load is that someone is carrying, no matter how the tragic this circumstance or how awkward the situation, we will be the first one in line to say, you can count on me. You could depend on me. And then Solomon continues, he says, favor with both God and people and you will earn a good reputation. Guys, this is something that isn't even for free. It's something that takes work, time, effort, energy, and sacrifice. I mean, there's going to be times where you're going to be inconvenienced. But you're going to gain favor with God and you're going to gain favor with people. Because it comes down to what Jesus taught, what he said. He's like, listen, it's not okay to be with, uh, okay with God if you're not okay with your other followers. And notice what John, one of Jesus' closest followers said. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer. Let me be very clear in here. Like, it's really important for us to understand how God views us. God hates our sin. It's so much so that Jesus died for our sin. And that's the tension. We ought to hate sin. We ought to hate when people sin. We ought to hate that. It should, it should, it should get us to a point where we want to do everything we can to help that person. Because sin is destructive. Now, if someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, if that person has, done, has no sin in their life, you just hate them because you hate them, he says, that person is a liar. You don't love God. There should be nothing in you that hates them. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. Like our love to God is proven real by how we love fellow brothers and sisters in God's family. It's not proven how often we go to church, how often we read the Bible, we go to small group, we listen, we sing Christmas music. Look, all that stuff's very important, especially going to church, being in community, reading your Bible, praying, fasting. All of that stuff is incredibly important. Incredibly important. But how we live out our faith, how we apply what the Word says, matters a lot. Now Jesus showed us the perfect picture and example of what happens when your vertical love for God meets His horizontal love for people. He sacrificed. He was inconvenienced. So, how does our reputation start and how does it stay managed? One person at a time, one interaction at a time, one conversation at a time. See, repetition creates reputation. Repetition creates reputation. Repetition creates reputation. It's putting loyalty and kindness on repeat in your life. There's going to be times it's not easy. It's It's going to be inconvenient and it's going to be uncomfortable. Perhaps if we do this well enough like Jesus, outsiders will view us with a good reputation. It'll be, it'll be, guys, listen, it's done in the little things. It's not done in the big things. It's done in the little things. It's the little things each day that matters. And I want our church, individually and collectively, to work hard, pay attention, be self-aware, be representing the heart of Jesus well. And by doing so, we'll be earning a good name and a good reputation 
that not only glorifies God, but allows us that opportunity to share the good news with people that Jesus is better. And we want people to experience a life with Jesus than one without Jesus because we a life with Jesus is better than a life without Jesus. And as we do, we'll watch barriers come down, watch people to start to peer in, and watch people start to see something more attractive, start to get drawn in, and we see our community change. I believe that we have a great opportunity ahead of us with this new facility to show people that a life with Jesus matters more than a life without Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this reminder of how important it is to have a reputation that honors you, that brings attention to Jesus and the gospel. The gospel message is that our life with Jesus is so much better than one without. And and so, Father, allow us to come to a point where we are able to love people, but we are very clear of where we stand. We don't compromise on any of that. Father, help us to be dependable people. Help us to be loyal and kind. Father, help us be faithful in the little things because we know that repetition creates and builds reputation. So Father, help us to be faithful in the little things. Father, allow our community to know you. Allow this facility to be used so that our community knows you. In Jesus' name, amen.